0: Today on Follow Friday, we're going to talk about Secret Ringtones, Phil Collins, Finding Joy, The Overview Effect, The End of Time, Disney World, and Fake Supermarkets. That's in a minute with Dallas Taylor from 20,000 Hertz. But first, if you are listening to this on Friday, September 24th, the day it comes out, then you still have time to get a ticket to Follow Friday Live with Kara Swisher, which is tonight at 6.30pm Pacific Time tickets are available if you want to watch virtually on zoom and i think there are also a few in-person tickets left i look forward to seeing many of you tonight in san francisco if you don't have a ticket yet either in person or virtual the place to go is followfriday.net slash swisher tickets today is a good day to meet some new friends
1: everyone make a way Show is a buffet, of folks you should know. So let's have a swallow.
0: Well, that's enough for a plate, so now, right away, with no further delay. It's not a Friday, it's not a Friday. I'm Eric Johnson. Welcome to Follow Friday, a podcast about who you should follow online. Every week, I talk to creative people about who they follow and why. This is a guided tour to the best people on the internet, led by your favorite writers, podcasters, comedians, and more. You can support the show and get bonus episodes for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com followfriday Today on the show is Dallas Taylor, the host and creator of the podcast 20,000 Hertz. The show tells stories about the world's most recognizable and interesting sounds. He's also the creative director of the sound design studio DeFacto Sound. You can find Dallas on Twitter at D underscore and you can find his podcast, 20,000 Hertz, at 20k.org. That's the number two, the number zero, the letter K dot org. Dallas, welcome to Follow Friday.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: I absolutely love your podcast. It's one of my one of my favorites. I'm so glad you could be here. You have done episodes about everything from Computer startup noises to slot machines to uh, the Netflix sound, also known as the ta-dum. So uh, how, how do you decide, you know, what will make for a good episode of 20,000 Hertz? Like, how And how much work goes into these episodes?
1: So uh, to answer the second question, uh, we, we did calculate that. And it turns out to be roughly 200 to 300 hours per episode. Oh, my gosh. Uh, And that goes through, um, you know, kind of the pre-production and this, the outline, and then you know, getting the uh, the the interviews and Mm -hmm. so on and so forth, all the way until the very end. But to answer your first question, how do we come up with things? Uh, It's 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 interesting because it's very different than kind of the public radio model. It's something we tried to fit ourselves into for a long time until we realized that. Some of our mission clashes a little bit with trying to put it in the public radio model. And the, and uh, so, for example, sometimes we will simply go, what is one of or what is the most recognizable, one of the most recognizable sounds in the world? And then we start there and then we figure it out along the way. So most of the time, it's kind of like, you know, it'd be a really cool show like the ta on Netflix. I bet there's something behind that. Let's do it. So we, we green light things based off of uh, the subject alone. And uh, oftentimes we find a really compelling story along the way. It's a little nerve wracking, but we find it.
0: (laughs) I tweeted at you recently because Hulu has its own version of the Tadum now, which to me is just like a jump scare. It's it's just (laughs) it's a very (laughs) sudden sort of startling noise. And I can't explain I can't articulate why it's so unsettling to me. But (laughs) maybe one day I'll do an episode about that. Who knows? I've wanted
1: to do Hulu. I think Hulu has some of the coolest UI sounds and they've changed it two or three times. And every time they change it, I'm bummed out because it sounded so cool to begin with. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. So I, I, I want to tell that story. And my first question would be, why do you change all these amazing sounds every, every two years? <laughs> and
0: uh, so your podcast name, it's one of those either know it or you don't things. Um, explain why 20,000 hertz is such an important number.
1: Yeah. So 20,000 hertz. So a hertz is basically if you think of a speaker going out and then Sucking back and then going back to where it started—that's a cycle. So uh, that's how a, how sound moves through the air. It's basically like a pressure and then a vacuum, but very quickly. And so, one hertz would be very, 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 very low to the point where you could even shake your hand, you know, and make a speaker out of it. It's not—you're not, not going to hear anything. Right. Uh, you really don't even start to hear sound until it hits about twenty hertz, and it takes a lot of energy to actually push something to where you're starting to hear that real low thing. But the range of human hearing uh, goes from twenty hertz, real low, up to really, really high, uh, where uh, to twenty thousand hertz, which really uh, only children can hear. Hmm. Uh, once you once you hit about twenty ish, you're probably going down to nineteen thousand or eighteen five, and then once you kind of hit thirty, you're kind of hitting eighteen, and then forty, and then you're maybe at sixteen five or so. Very normal part of uh, of of uh, growing up, um, but that's basically the upper limit of human hearing. I remember hearing in high
0: school about it was like there was a thing for a while of special ringtones that only teenagers could hear that if you were an adult say a teacher or a staff member of the school that It'd be so high pitched that you you couldn't hear it, which I'm not sure how many people actually did that, but it's kind of brilliant.
1: <laughs> I want to be friends with them. Uh, they definitely uh, need some sort of apprenticeship at 20,000 hertz if they if they're doing that. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, but there is do- there actually is documented cases of this uh, of like convenience stores in Japan, and I believe it's happened in the U.S. too, where it'll have this like ear piercingly high tone that um, that you know. People under a certain age uh, can't hear and people, uh, you know, or people under a certain age can hear and people over can't mm-hmm. uh, very age, age discriminatory, but yeah. in a very geeky sound way. So it's like, ah, that's <laughs> neat, but wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. It's discriminatory and probably illegal. But look, it's cool science. But it's so neat.
1: <laughs> it's science. <laughs> don't do that. But it's a good story.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's find out who Dallas Taylor follows. You can follow along with us today. Every person he recommends will be linked in the show notes and in the transcript at FollowFridayPodcast.com. It's Follow Friday. So Dallas, before the show, I gave you a list of categories, and I asked you to tell me four people you follow who fit in those categories. Your first pick is in the category "someone who inspires you," and you said Roman Mars, the host of the podcast Ninety Nine Percent Invisible. He's on Twitter at Roman Mars. I'm a huge fan of 99PI, and so I already have a sense of why you'd call Roman an inspiration, but but lay it out for me. What does his work mean to you?
1: So there's a lot to it. Uh, I started my business well before I started the podcast, and it was roughly about the same time that Roman came out with 99PI. And the thing that was so profound, and this was five, six, seven years prior to me starting my show, but it was right around the time I started my business. Uh, Roman was able to communicate design in this very romantic way, and it, it influenced how I was going to market my own company early on. And it also made me realize, like the way that I could communicate sound and sound design—if uh, I can do it in a much more emotional, uh, an emotionally resonant way for clients and things—they get it uh, a lot more rather than talking about the details of tech and, you know, how many bitrate and and stuff like that or deliverables like that's pretty boring to creatives but Roman had this beautiful way of really just uh, uh, marrying design and humanity together and so that was very much the the starting point of why I wanted to do a show about sound is because Roman did a lot of shows about sound until I I Kind of asked Roman, "Can I take this ball and run with it?" <laughs> and I don't know if he ever really gave the blessing, but the, the, I think the reason that he's inspiring though is it actually goes well beyond what he shows publicly. I think you get a, 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 an idea of this publicly, but the thing that inspires me the most are all the private conversations that we've had. Really? Yeah. So he so without him, kind of real early on, he played our th- our second episode on ninety nine Pi when we launched our third. Back then I didn't understand what what his motivation was for that and then over time I started to to realize just how much of a heart he has for transforming like audio only production uh, or or like boosting the the quality and whatnot. It's just he's he's always been like uh, I know he's like one of the busiest people out there but he's also just a, a very kind very in it for the craft and 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 when we when if something really wild happens behind the scenes with uh, either you know some big opportunity comes for for twenty thousand hertz or for me or something like that and i'm not exactly sure how to navigate it he's been there uh you know five years ago and can really get uh uh, piece some things together so he just has he just behind the scenes he just has such a heart for making this craft just so good and um he just cares so much uh, not just about like i don't know blowing up the uh, audience numbers but just right. making really 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 good radio
0: I, I had the the privilege to meet Roman once at a podcasting event, just kind of in the hallway. And he listened very politely when I just geeked out about how much I love the show. And, and I told him, I, this is it was one of those things where you meet someone you really admire and you can't stop yourself from saying something embarrassing. I, I just oh, yeah. blabbed out the fact that when he, at the end of his show, goes beautiful downtown oakland california that of course i always say it along with him so now the whole world knows that not just him (laughs) (laughs) but uh so yeah so his you you says a mixture of his work and then the private conversations could you give an example of something that he has either done or said that challenged you to think differently or or to, to improve your own work
1: Um, I think that he's just in the conversations behind the scene, he's just been very pragmatic about how the industry works itself and uh, having ownership of your of your uh, content. I never really thought about that uh, until much later when I when I started to get into into negotiations with networks and all kinds of stuff. I've I've talked to almost every network out there about potentially joining up. But it's also been I don't know, there's... uh, I think a lot of podcasters kind of dive into that as being the goal and he was just able to like really clearly set out like what these entities want from you and that may not be what you think they want from you. Um, I think that that, that's been the the clarity is just really understanding where he's been able to like really describe like, do you want to make something that you own that's incredibly special to a very, you know, a niche group of people? Mm -hmm. Uh, And if so, Revel in that and enjoy it, and make the best piece of content for them. Uh, versus kind of mass growth, following trends, trying to chase news stories, uh, negativity. You know, for me, the the show, our show, is very much about joy and escapism. Uh, and uh, he he just does does a really good job of of kind of boiling it down to like, why are you doing this? Like in the in the in the most basic of points, and and understanding that success in this podcast world might look completely different for every single person who enters it and it can't but just be you want you know 10 million listeners and you want to be world renowned and uh, and that's what I really enjoy is he just, he just frames it so beautifully uh, to where I can actually you know take a lot of joy and in, in with where we're at and who um, and the audience that that resonates with it
0: so what's the what's the best place to start for someone who you know wants to get into Reman's work, you know, ninety nine Pi or anything else. Well, what's what's your recommendation?
1: Oh man, uh, I started early on. Uh, like I was like a first few episode listener because the very first episode of ninety nine Pi was about sound, and so it just kind of exploded in my my pockets. So I knew it, knew it from super early on. I don't know. Kind of like with my show too. I, I make everything super evergreen, and that was probably off of Roman's uh, style. To where any show that we do, you should, in theory, be able to consume at any point in time. Right. And uh, and so that's 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 kind of the thing with 99 uh, Pi. Is is the thing that I enjoy the most is that I can just play the latest episode and have no idea based of the based off of the intro, and then just let it take me on a journey. And so when I recommend something like that or even our show. I'm kind of just like, just go with it for a few episodes. Like yeah. don't don't get too over, you know, don't try to like, you know, maximize your moment or find the right episode. Just grab the first one, press play. Or if someone strongly recommended, start at the first episode and get through a couple episodes until you can kind of like get yourself in sync and you feel it. And I don't know, the you're starting to resonate with the host and right. <laughs> starting to feel the vibe and all that.
0: You start saying the lines along with them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's <laughs> I think that's the thing with 99 PI and my show is like I want it to be kind of a slow burn i don't want it to be like the second you hit play it's just like i'm maximizing every split second of wording and entertainment and trying to be as like Buzzfeedy as possible i don't want that style i want it to be something that like grows on you over time and then you then you get you know long-term hooked
0: well, that was Reman mars who's on twitter at Redman mars and you can listen to 99 invisible at 99 invisible.org it's final friday Dallas, let's move on to your next follow. I asked you for someone who has stopped posting but needs to come back, and you said Starly Kine, who is on Twitter and Instagram at Starly Kine, which is spelled S T A R L E E K I N E. She's been a frequent contributor to this American life, but I think she's probably best known for a short lived podcast she did called Mystery Show. Is this uh, what you're what you're thinking of when you say she needs to come back, whether you're a big fan of Mystery Show?
1: Yeah. Mystery show and especially the Phil Collins episode of this American life that we still talk about to this day in our show meetings when we talk about uh, we're, we're kind of uh, seeking out the Phil Collins moment. <laughs> and uh, if if no one's heard that I can't remember what the title was. Yeah. It I was... haven't heard this one. I can't remember it's if you search for like Phil Collins Starly kind this American life it's one of the greatest pieces of radio ever that I don't want to spoil because it's just so (laughs) good Uh, but but this was years ago
0: it looks like this was an episode called breakup song
1: I think that's it I think it's that
0: or the episode was called breakup I think and then the, the specific section was called Dr. Phil.
1: And then um, Starley went on to make Mystery Show. And the thing that's so magical about Starley's work is it's the opposite of all these other things. Like I can start with I want to make a story about the Windows 95 sound and then we can make a story out of it. And it's interesting because there's all these little tidbits. But what Starley's doing is the opposite and just crafting incredibly well, like, um, you know, beautifully crafted stories from point A to point B that just kind of keeps you in the driveway and not wanting to get out. And that's really like Starley's work at, at This American Life and then Mystery Show. And I know it was a bunch of negative stuff happened with that show and Gimlet. And I try to stay out of all of that. But uh, but and that's probably why, as far as I'm aware, she's not writing for podcasts anymore. I think she's a television writer. I just think that's like the one creator and mystery show being the one show that was just painful to not continue <laughs> or just i just want to hear her voice and her performance and just cra- crafting a story again somewhere
0: yeah talk a bit more about like what the mystery show episode would would sound like i actually this is one of those one of the shows that there's a legion of fans who are obsessed with how how good the show was and i just like missed the boat on this one so so, so fill me in what 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 was so special about it
1: it's like taking really mundane mysteries that you can't just Google, and uh, and then just it just shows how amazing uh, how an amazing writer can craft that uh, that journey. So I think that's what's so beautiful about it is a very mundane, quirky mystery that then uh, Starly took on as an opportunity to kind of like find along the way. And for me, it's just a it's a it's I think most like the like layman podcast listeners. May not understand just how hard that is in scripting to to tell that linear story and and hold all the spoilers in certain places. right. Like that's something we talk a lot about is just like don't give away the punchline in the first sentence. Like let things eventually evolve and come out there and uh starley's work is like a master of that uh her work is just like just every beat just kind of like adds to it and then there's a question and even if she, if, if Starly has an ant ask the question you have the question it's just beautiful and uh i recommend any of them
0: yeah it sounds like the podcast equivalent of like a song in some ways where like you know verse chorus like there's a specific meaning or structure there's a reason where everything is in there, which is not always a given in, in most
1: podcasts. It's also kind of like if you took us this American, some of the best this American life stories, which may be ten minutes long or fifteen minutes long, and you made like a long form, you know, six part, you know, theme on that with uh, someone who has just an amazing talent for for writing and performing. Yeah. Uh, so, so for me, it's just top notch as far as like to crafting a story about a mundane thing, which is always our goal. Do you have a, a mystery
0: in your life that you wish Starly would swoop in and solve?
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, I wish I had. I was clever enough to come up with a mystery for Starly. Oh, duh. You know, I'd love to hear a Starly kind version of where the where COVID-19 came from. Like, I would just love to hear that, like, intertwining, like, maybe it came from here and then maybe it came from there. And even if we get nowhere, I just want to hear Starly tell that story. I think that'd be fun. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I want to hear anything about COVID.
0: I know. It's like, you want to hear it, but do you, re- do you really listen to it, there's, there's a difference there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I'd love to hear the conspiracy theory, the science, all that stuff. I just think it would be, I don't know. But maybe that's, that would just destroy the entire uh, mystery show concept. Yeah. <laughs> maybe too too heavy for people. Yeah.
0: Well, that was Starly Kine, who's on Twitter and Instagram at Starly Kine. We're going to take a quick break now, but we'll be back in a minute with Dallas Taylor. Today's show is brought to you by Follow Friday on Patreon. Week by week, being one of our Patreon backers gets more valuable, because I keep on adding mini-sodes that only the backers get to hear. We're up to about an hour and a half of bonus follow recommendations that are exclusive to Patreon, so even if you've heard every episode of Follow Friday, you still have a lot more to listen to. And the best part is that you can get access to all those bonus minisodes for just a dollar a month. You choose how much you want to pledge every month. Obviously, I appreciate it if you can kick in more than a dollar, but that's up to you. So, go to patreon.com/followfriday to check it out and thank you so much for your support. That's p a t r e o n.com/followfriday. friday welcome back to follow friday dallas let's move on to your next follow i asked you for someone who makes you think and you said john boswell also known as melody sheep he's on twitter at musical science on youtube at melody sheep and on instagram at melody sheep underscore so i watched a bit of john's work and let me just say holy shit i had never heard <laughs> of this, this guy before i think i've been missing out uh, explain what he does
1: so uh years ago about a decade ago he would do all these um he would take like a bob, like bob ross and he would do like an auto-tune version that just was so joyous and it was so happy and it really just kind of like in musical form uh gave you the feelings of like bob ross concentrated or fred rogers or um you know any of these things you start out by believing here you're a world you're the creator i have freedom on this campus Believe that you can do that, you can you can do as you can do. Relax, let it flow, think like relax, let it flow, think like water. Think like water, like relax, let it flow, you can go on and on and on. So that's where I first heard about Melody Sheep. And it wasn't ironic; it was just joy filled to the max. Like I feel like so much of so much content is like trying to be like overly ironic or overly like negative, mm-hmm. and his work was always just like, "Look at how amazing this this is! This person, this concept, this idea." He ended up moving on to doing space videos, uh, where he would start to really frame our existence from like a universal level. Uh, where he would go, like he would do like this. There's a series called Life beyond that where it's like life might be out there and and if we find it here's how it might be Mm -hmm. and he also does this beautiful job of just like visualizing it in a way that I've never seen and I think your reaction is pretty much the reaction that everyone has when they finally stumble on this it's just like whoa this is so mind-blowing it's it's one of those things that like you see comments and stuff and they're like one how is this free (laughs) I've asked him that too because we recently collaborated it was a little bit of like a like a cycle so I was super inspired by his work so we ended up making a show years ago about space and and very much in that lens of like melody sheep looking at sound from like a cosmic perspective and when we look at sound from a cosmic perspective we realize that like we are an anomaly uh with our atmosphere our pressure uh you know he light can go from one place in the universe all the way to the other side of the universe but sound is like on little islands Hmm. and even if we went to Neptune and gotten to its atmosphere, sound is going to rea- uh, behave totally differently. And then with that, like our ears being shaped and in tune with this earth. And so I really wanted to make a show about like, really uh, high level, um, you know, looking at sound from just a very rare standpoint. And so we made that show and then years went by. We ended up redoing it because a lot of people would ask, what's your favorite show? And it's always a space show. So we did a space remix show where once we, uh, I don't know, once we got better, uh, 30 or 40 episodes later, we, we re-narrated it. We re-edited it with some better practices. And then, uh, I don't know, a year went by after that. And I just randomly uh, wrote uh, wrote him through uh, through YouTube and said, um, hey, this was was massively inspired by what you do. Um, if there's ever an opportunity to collaborate, great. And uh, I can't remember exactly how he responded, but the way I remember it was, oh, I already know about this show and I would love to do something on it uh, like right now. Oh, <laughs> <And wow. laughs> so we immediately jumped right into, uh, he kind of took the mix and splits from our space episode and, and started to build out rough sketches. And then we wrote it all out and then we rewrote it and then uh, kind of recrafted it. And so one of his more recent episodes on YouTube is actually me narrating um, a version of our space episode with his visuals. So for me, it's the uh it was a huge bucket list item to work with him, and it's just one of the best things I've ever been a part of in my life. And I highly recommend checking that out.
0: Yeah, the, the name of the video for anyone looking for it is The Sounds of Space. The the first video of his that I watched a bit of, I think it's probably his most popular one. It's called Time Lapse of the Future, A Journey to the End of Time. Oh, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, you know that one.
1: <laughs> oh yeah.
0: <laughs> is this, this is this one he's advancing through time starting in like 2021 and he's doubling the speed that he's advancing every 5 seconds. So it's it's a half hour video, but by the 2 minute mark, we're at the year 141,000 <laughs> and a super volcano is exploding and creating a new Hawaiian island and it just goes on from there. Um do you like you see so you were already a fan of his channel and of the mm-hmm. space videos he was doing? It may be kind of hard to to articulate this, but what does watching something like that where it's like envisioning a world and envisioning, you know, the planet without humans, like post-anthropocene, right? Like what does that what does that do for you? Like why why do you think that's that's so
1: interesting? Uh I, I think that I'm addicted to perspective shifts. Uh the thing that I enjoy the most is being able to put my mind in the, you know, in the shoes uh, of someone else. And, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons I love making the show, but even from like a humanity and a cosmic level, I think that, uh, our, um, I don't know, our decisions, the way we lo- live our lives, when we not only realize like that we're on this ball in this, you know, seemingly infinite universe, but then there's also this fourth dimension that we don't have control over, uh, called time and being able to understand what time was before us and what time is going to be after us really just makes me like understand where we are in this moment. And it at least in my personal life, it tries to just keep me out of the weeds of just the, I don't know, hot button issue of the moment. Mm hmm. Or it at least puts puts a puts a more like fresh perspective on on that, and just understanding like it's going to be okay. Like when we're talking about like the pandemic right now, it's just like we have had pandemics. Like uh, I think it's I think it's easy to get locked into our world out the way we see it as being you know the universe, and it is our universe to us. But it is kind of to be able to just understand perspective and time, and you know time will continue uh, be beyond, well beyond us. Uh, right. I don't know. It just puts like a nice perspective on me as a human, and so that's why I think. Uh, without his work, again, that was a that was his work was such a huge inspiration for twenty thousand Hertz because with twenty thousand Hertz, I'm trying to do uh, I'm trying to just get like culturally people to to active listen more. And so I'm trying to like build some sort of legacy on that particular front. and and I think that framing that he did uh, helps me to understand the framing that I want to treat the podcast is that it is mission based and not like to glorify me or my team. It's very much to like, change hearts and minds for sound
0: right like this is one of the areas of overlap that like Roman Mars does with 99 PI I mean all design the idea is that it's 99% invisible that it's what we are mostly we mostly tune it out unless it's bad right Unless like unless it draws attention to itself in some way by default I think most people ignore design right. in, in our world yeah. do you find that especially if you've been watching some of John's videos recently do you find yourself you know, thinking about the world differently. Like, do you have sort of like a mini? I'm, I'm I'm gonna use the phrase overview effect, which is which is the wrong term to use. Overview effect is like when the astronauts are looking down at Earth from space, and they 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 feel differently about like world peace. But like, do you find yourself you know just going out into into nature or out out into the world and and having a different you know thought
1: process when you when you've just watched something that John has made? For sure, I think more than anything, it just frames my own work. And it helps me to have an overview effect of our other uh, core senses. So we have like our sense of sight. And as humans, we're very like, we, we curate everything. Like you can look in any direction and that has been curated by you or another human. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't need permission to, you know, curate our sense of sight. You know, if our sense of touch, like, uh, like I like a super soft t-shirt and I like uh, very comfy uh, seats and HVAC and all of that. Like I curate that to make my life better. Uh, Sense of smell, you know, you have, um, you know, candles and deodorants and sewage treatment and all that stuff. And then our sense of taste, uh, I curate that a lot uh, because I'm just a foodie to the max. And I just (laughs) and you you don't have to you don't have to be like a chef to curate that Uh, culturally, at least here in the United States, like sound has been one of those things that either you kind of categorize as music and you're done. Uh, but the reality being that the the vast majority of the sonic world is not music. Uh, and then kind of on the flip side of that, sound has been very gatekept from people with the term audiophile, which for me, audiophile was a very positive term for a while, but is now starting that the the definition of that is starting to change. Right. Traditionally, audiophiles have been like people who are super into hi-fi and really putting together great uh, systems. But over time, it really kind of turned into, at least the way that I hear it, is is like, oh, you're an audiophile, which comes across to me like I have something that other people don't have. Or mm. someone says, I'm an audiophile. Like, to me, it's like an exclusive term. Like a snobbish sort of term, yeah. It's kind of like a snobbish thing. And I think for me, my mission is just to let people realize that, like, everyone is an audiophile. Mm-hmm. Is so, like, in these little factoids, as they build up, everyone starts to realize that you don't need extra permission to think uh, and curate sound around you just like you don't have to with all of your other human experiences right. and, and core uh, senses. And so, uh, so yeah, I think that that's kind of like my mission is just to like shift the way people think about sound. And I don't want to do it from a lecture-y way or an overly academic way. I want to do it from a very simple uh human way, and tell very simple, approachable stories uh, that my grandmother could enter could could love and uh, and kind of enter into this world uh, that all these sound designers love so much
0: absolutely. Well, that was John Boswell, who's on YouTube at Melody Sheep. It's we have time for one more follower today. Dallas, I asked you for someone super talented who is still under the radar, and you said whoever is behind meow Wolf. They're on Twitter and YouTube at Meow Wolf and on Instagram at Meow underscore underscore wolf. So I sometimes hang out in the corners of the internet that love theme parks and escape rooms and other real world amusements. I have heard the words Meow Wolf a lot, but I have not experienced this in person. So explain what this is and why you love it.
1: So I love when I love theming so much. Like a little hidden thing about me is I love things like Disney World or Mm -hmm. theme parks or I really love, you know, design or uh, even when someone, you know, makes their apartment look like super unique. Like I just love theming great restaurants that take their their food, but then put it into the walls and put it into the smells and all that stuff. So for me like that, I just love it so much. Right. So I I had gone to to Las Vegas and I heard about this thing called Omega Mart, which is a uh, a full sized grocery store um, with all fake products and actor's. Acting out the um, you know the the shopkeepers and you know the people on the checkout line, so they're all in on it. And as somebody who's been to like Disney, like I don't know, at least twenty times, mm-hmm. it's the most themed thing I've ever seen. All the way down to like the most tiny, like the tiniest possible detail. And you can buy these products, and it's like uh, it's an art installation. But it's almost like that doesn't that's not a good way to like explain it. But it's like a uh, it's to me it's like a narrative first person video game. Uh, like a narrative first-person sci-fi video game, but in real life. <laughs> so it's this, it's this like really mind-bending um, grocery store with fake products that all, have, every, even the copy all the way down to the ingredients are all written very, uh, you know, very thoughtfully. Come to find out, the more you 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 kind of experience it, you start to get clues, you kind of open up a back, you know, like the milk cabinet, and then it's a portal into like this gigantic, area that's like kind of the 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 upside down or something i didn't spend nearly enough time there to actually get what the story was but i just know that i was like i was they they had made video games that were completely exclusive to this uh (laughs) i saw a bunch of patrons like in a back room with all these computers like literally like typing things out and everyone trying to figure out a story it was just it's the weirdest experience in the in the most positive way uh, possible, and it's beh- and the people behind it is this group called Meow Wolf that I don't know a lot about, but I kind of want to leave the mystery box shut. <laughs> and so now they just made one in Denver. I think it started in Santa Fe, and there's something there. That's right, yeah. But what they're doing right now, I don't know how they get their money for this. I'm sure that eventually it's ticket sales, but I don't know who like got this kicked off because I walked in there and I was like, this must have cost a billion dollars. <laughs> like this is, I know it didn't, but like I went in there and I was like. I know designers. I know all this stuff. Like the, the level of detail on this thing is just unbelievable. So I think that uh, on the one hand, I would love to know who's behind kind of Meow Wolf and who's running that ship. On the other hand, I would be perfectly content if the mystery always stays shut, <laughs> stays closed because it's just such a joy yeah. to, I don't know, just dive in and try to figure out the story. So I can't wait to go back and I can't wait to go to, to the new Denver thing that they just opened. So uh, so I would I don't know. If I could pick their brain, it would be like how did, I mean, I I, theoretically, I know how they did it because they've, they've done videos on it. But at the same time, I'm like, this is an anomaly. And I hope that this sets off a whole new, I don't know, like inspires other people to do very weird things uh, with art.
0: As I understand it as well, it's different experiences in each city where they are. Santa Fe is different from Las Vegas, which is different from Denver. So it's not like Disney World where it's like the Haunted Mansion in Florida is basically the same as the one in california you know um so there, there's some element of just like starting from a blank canvas and it seems like whatever weird sort of story they're telling it seems like it's an original it's not adapted from a video game or from a book or from a movie or anything like that it's just a wholly original thing you have to experience right you have to you have to go there in person or else you, there, there's no there's no analog to it in other places right
1: and the and when if the most direct relationship that I would, like the thing that's closest to it is nothing in real life or even a movie. Like to me, the closest thing to it is like the Stanley Parable, which is a first-person video game, amazing game, or like Gone Home. It's like it just it like Gone Home, especially because you just get. you're basically this girl that in the 80s that just got home uh, in this creepy old house and you just and no one's there and you got to figure out what happens you have it's about a two hour game or it's like Firewatch it's like this this constant sense of I don't know what's happening and it slowly unfolds so for me it's like a real life video game and it's my two interests just hitting. It's like real life theming with like a narrative experience and you know, you can dive into details and find a book and start reading it and go, oh my goodness, I'm starting to understand the story. And that is what's so magical about that.
0: When well, as we were saying earlier, I mean you're an audiophile in, in the good way, right? You are you are paying attention to how sound works out in our world. Was there anything especially cool or surprising about how Meow Wolf uses sound in the experience
1: oh yeah well first of all on youtube they put out commercials still like weekly so you can go to like the omega mart oh my gosh youtube page (laughs) and they're putting out fake product commercials constantly and you can see that they do it in this very like uh, 80s type of style and all the sound is like very downgraded sick of being confused by so many products Get rid of them all. Power Wings multi-purpose formula has over 36 uses. Polish metal. Deter squirrels. Kill ants. And it's great on chicken wings, too. And even in the... I was in the, in the grocery store when randomly, I don't know, I may have been in there for an hour and 15 minutes. And then suddenly out of nowhere, the, all the lights shut off. Uh, to one TV pops up and it's just like some really weird cryptic message. I mean, as far as I was in the, in the story, but uh, as I was putting my sound designer hat on, I'm like, this is just incredibly effective. Like everything is just done to such a incredible degree. I, it's like one of those things. I have clients in my studio, but I look at this and I'm like how did whatever client or wherever this money came from not shoot down every single good idea here. It's <laughs> just so interesting. So little weird things will happen uh, and it's very dynamic and then the I don't know the workers are in on it and I just I don't know what to think but it's so fun
0: well that was meow wolf which you can find on twitter and youtube at meow wolf and on instagram at meow underscore underscore wolf and yeah there are three locations as you said are santa fe las vegas and denver i cannot wait till i have a chance to go there i'm so this, i'm so intrigued by so all good. this <laughs> dallas thank you for sharing these follows with us today before we go let's make sure listeners know how to find you online where do you want them to follow you
1: uh, number one, I'd say the podcast. You are listening to to a podcast right now. So the very easiest way to the next logical step would be where whatever app you're listening in right now, going to its search function and putting in T-W-E and then spell it 20,000 hertz. It might even auto populate uh, very soon. And then just go tap subscribe. Even if you don't listen to it right now, just go tap subscribe and just wait for something to drop, and then when you get a chance, uh, take a listen to it. And I hope that uh, that'll resonate with you. Beyond that, uh, I own a sound design studio, uh, so probably like our Instagram page, de facto sound. So we do a lot of behind the scenes of what we do over there, but then we we'll drop some twenty thousand hertz stuff. Oh, and uh, if you like just audio stuff in general, I just started a TikTok oh. uh, channel myself, uh, which is at twenty thousand hertz, and it's and it's basically a way for me to give my random like one minute thoughts on a particular topic like if someone's like what's your studio like and I go oh here's a one minute you know tour of my studio or you know how do you process the voices on your show here's here's how we do it or it's just like I might do just a little factoid like I did a little video about the 20th century fox theme song and um lots of little easter eggs in it so I'd say TikTok's actually been a lot of fun. I finally did it. I've been sitting on it for like a year. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I mean, so decided it's did not a fad. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. Like, I, I now this is how nerdy this is. I literally had to take a Skillshare class on TikTok. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how uh, ancient I'm becoming. <laughs> but once I got it, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. I'm taking this way too seriously. And I just need to use it as an opportunity to be like, hey, here, here's this thought I think about a lot. I even did that whole audiophile thing. I don't love the word. Audio file because of this, that, and the other, and then just a way to get feedback from people. Um, so I'm not taking it too seriously, but it's just a way to communicate little thoughts and get quick feedback on it.
0: And that's twenty thousand hertz, all spelled out. Is the TikTok username? Out, yeah,
1: or you can search Dallas Taylor, and it should come up. Perfect.
0: Well, follow me on Twitter at hey hey esj, and this show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Follow Friday Pod, and you can find clips from the show at FollowFriday.co/slash/YouTube. Follow Friday's theme music was written by me and performed by Yona Marie. Our show art was illustrated by Dodi Hermawan. That's all for this week. This is Eric Johnson reminding you to talk about people behind their backs. And when you do, say something nice. See you next Friday.